All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another one. Rory, how's things? Yeah, all good. Um, I think we should really change the photo of the podcast that we're putting out here. If everybody's seen my setup at the minute, there's wires coming out everywhere. I've got a, lo- <laughs> I've got a laptop on top of a, a small case, which is on top of a big suitcase. It's a complete, <laughs> it's just a complete makeshift um, studio at the minute. So You're going to have to stick a, a picture up in the app now. Yeah, show well, everyone. It's, it's great. So everybody, <laughs> everybody will get to see what I'm working from. <laughs> Um, but yeah, good good to catch up with you. Um, yeah. I suppose today let's have a quick look at the markets, check out what's going on. Obviously, we've got a bit of a kind of a busy week ahead. We should see some decent volatility later in the week with Jackson Hole coming up, and uh, just yeah, let's check out what's what's going on. Yeah, I think you know as we've sort of put in the app there. Um, obviously today was super quiet uh, in terms of data yeah. coming out. You know, so yeah. uh, for reference, we're re- recording this on Monday the twenty first of August. So today we've seen German PPI come out. Um, that sort of came out a bit um, less than expected. And that was really all we've seen really so far today. And that's really all that's due so far today. Going into the rest of the week, we don't really see too much else. But as you say, then coming into Thursday, we actually have, um, well, the Jackson Hole taking place really this whole week. But we see Jerome Powell speaking on Thursday. So that will probably be the main event of the week. Um, if I remember right last year, I think um, one week after the Jackson Hole, the market was down over 4% following the speech. Uh, but obviously we're in a lot different uh situation than what we were this time last year you know this time last year for reference we've seen inflation just peaked above 9.1 percent in the u.s so obviously it was getting quite um quite fearful over there of of how steep the fed would start to react with interest rates and things like that whereas now we're kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum so i think now it could be a bit more predictable in some sense but definitely going to be the highlight of the week for sure yeah, one hundred percent. I think. Look, I think economic stability is the is the story these days, really, right? What's the you know the, the the driving factor? I mean, I'm supposed to start off with. I guess we look at Dixie. I guess like like always. I mean, we see their prices kind of. We obviously we saw yesterday, or we saw sorry today. We've seen price kind of really fall off, and then kind of again we seem to be stuck around that one one oh three fifty level. I mean, I know we've there's kind of a descending channel there and it's the upper band of that descending channel. We're kind of hovering around now as well. So, you know, again, uh, as you know, I've I've marked out all the way up until one oh four, but um we we're, we're seeing a bit of bit of resistance here at this level. What do you yeah. think of yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think, you know, if you're looking at it on a daily chart there, um, you can kind of see where the support's coming in, Jonathan. You know, around that sort of 103 level, 103.20. Yeah. I think yeah. you would need that support to be up at one 103.50 for it to be yeah. a bit for it to be a bit more solid. You know, it yeah. it, it looks, as you said, it looks like we're running into resistance at 103.50 rather than running into support at 103.20, if that, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I still think there's some dollar strength left on the table. Um, to be quite honest with you, I still think we could see that run up to one hundred four fifty. But then the big question is after that, you know, how far, how how much higher is dollar going to go from there? And I think a lot of that depends on the outlook, you know, for the longer term. If we do start to see a recession and things coming into play, maybe Q one or Q two twenty twenty four, then yes, we could maybe start to see a stronger dollar. But looking at the sort of short term. Um, I still think there's a bit of a run up there to about one hundred four fifty done with the dollar, and then I think for there I'll just have to assess it when we get there. Yeah, agreed. I, I agree. Uh, obviously, a lot of stuff coming out of China today as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think it's really any anything much of a surprise. I mean, um, we we knew that we knew that this was going to happen. I think over eighteen months ago, you know, one of the things that was driving China obviously was the whole reopening phase, and that was quite a lot. That was a lot later than the Western world 
Um, so they were getting their own reopening phase, and then we started seeing supply chains coming back into action again. But I mean, you know, ever since we've seen that um, the Evergrande failure and, and them declaring bankruptcy in the US and things like that, and you know, the housing crisis going on there too, it, I don't think it's much of, of a surprise to be honest. Honest, Jonathan, I think what we're seeing there is just the result of everything that's been built up, and they've pretty much brought it on themselves. Um, they left it too late to reopen; they couldn't deal with. Um, with the huge amounts of volume and then the West got fed up with not being able to get their orders and simply taking it elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, we've seen a knock-on effect, obviously, with a couple of crosses as well, um, mainly Aussie dollar. Yep, so I think we, um, was it last week we talked about um, USD CAD with oil and things like that? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously, again, this is another thing where we talk about Aussie dollar. And I think we've touched on it before, maybe a couple of months ago, but it's very important to understand the correlation between, you know, these pairs. And I, I left a note in the app earlier saying how I love trading Aussie dollar. Um, yeah. Obviously, for, you know, for people who aren't... Um, maybe completely in the loop, but, you know, one of the um, main exports of Australia is, is things like coal, iron, steel, and a lot of that actually then ends up in China. Um, over 30% of Australian exports actually go to China. So if you start to see um, Chinese imports, which are down quite heavily, um, let's just say, for example, Chinese imports are cut off, well, then that's a third of Australian exports are automatically cut off. So the, the, um, the demand for Aussie dollar then sinks. So you can really then tie up um, Aussie dollar to, ch- to Chinese data. So if Chinese data is coming out quite weak, Aussie dollar used to be quite weak and, and vice versa. Yeah, agreed. And, and, and then we can also link that back to gold, copper, iron ore, steel, other things like that pretty much. Sure. And um, we've seen that constant sell-off in Aussie dollar for quite some time now, right? It's all the way back from kind of middle of last month. Yeah, you know, I want to say sort of 12th, 13th, 14th of July there, we've seen Aussie dollar up at, you know, 69 cents. Uh, and then it fell, it's now fallen all the way down to 63. And, you know, really from there, it's it's literally just been a sell the rally scenario. Um, no support level whatsoever, even looked remotely uh, stable. Yeah. So, you know, the start of August, we thought we were going to get a bounce off uh, 66 cents. And then we've seen it break all the way through. And I know a few people in the group got involved in some nice shorts positions there at 66 in the retest and made that move lower. So, you know, a nice sort of 400 points there to be made. Yeah, kind of stuck in a bit of a range now at the moment, but certainly anything outside of, I mean, to the upside, anything outside of what, 64.50 to the downside, really, again, that's what is somewhere around the 63, 60, yeah, 63.80 kind of level. Again, if we see a breach of that, again, there's not a whole lot more in, in the way of further downside either, I, I don't think, anyway. Yeah, I mean, the last time we were at these levels was actually uh, October. Remember, we had the whole. Uh, the whole scenario, US uh, Treasury yields were flying. We also seen the sort of uh, the near collapse of the pension system in the UK. You know, we've seen that really funny time going on. Um, yeah. the, the Liz Trust era, as I'm going to start to call it. That's actually the last time we were down there and there was a lot of money flocking to dollar. So that's the sort of position we're starting to head back to now, uh, which is, you know, quite a large position. And given the fact of, of how short short ago that really was, I know it was nearly a year ago, but but still, there's been a huge swing there from 62 all the way up to 72 and now back down to 63. So yeah, pretty big moves yeah. there in Aussie dollar. If you're after some volatility, I think Aussie's definitely the part of trade. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, looking at pound dollar, euro dollar, I mean, there's not a whole lot going on. I mean, pound dollar has been trading sideways for the last for the last month, this month, really. I mean, we haven't seen much movement outside of the, you know, 20, 27, 80, 
levels down to around the 26, 70 levels. I mean, price is just moving sideways. Um, again, we've seen that kind of that downward sell off as and from somewhere around the middle of July again. Um, that that seems to have abated somewhat. Again, yeah. we can see that descending trend line being broke there. Um, and you know, price just again really trading sideways with with little data kind of to, to move price at the moment. But again, I certainly think we're going to get a clearer idea of the direction later in the week. Yeah, exactly. You know, because I actually got a message as well in the app, you know, one of the guys uh, reaching out saying, you haven't done too much analysis on Pound. And I just laughed and said, there's not too much to do. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, buy here and sell there. <laughs> you know, literally there's nothing to do. And if, if, yeah. if, if anybody actually has a charter cable at the minute and they're looking at it, you'll be able to see there, Jonathan, that, the, the bars of the candles are very, very small and the tails and the wicks are actually quite long. And, yep. you know, to me, that indicates that people are just buying. People are quite indecisive, yeah. And yeah. we're just seeing a lot of kind of heavy spreads going in there and market-making activity. I don't think there's anything worth trading. And to me, a lot of that just seems that it's buying and selling of corporate businesses and, and nothing else. There's no speculation going on. Absolutely. Uh, look, I mean, there's lots of traders that like that. And, you know, there's certain times that I'd be quite happy to trade off, you know, basic support resistance levels once you know well, well i'll be buying or selling but depending on my bias but again there's still lots of opportunities there to buy and sell with them in them short ranges um again like i say depending on your bias but mm -hmm. in terms of looking for any big moves there's nothing happening there at the moment at all yeah I, I, absolutely nothing in terms of big moves so quite quiet although euro usd and um, which we're moving on to i mean there's it's definitely been a different story i've had quite a few shorts in there of you know um radar radar them out to the app you know i was kind of short um, from 110, 110.20, I got in again then at 109.40, you know, and still looking to run that down now all the way down to sort of that 108.20 level. So still holding on to those for now. Yeah, I mean, look, that one, look, that's, that, that routes back all the way down back to what, somewhere around the start of July, really. If you look at these levels, somewhere around the, what, the 108.40 level or so, I mean, if we, again, if we see a a breach of that again it kind of opens up to all the way down to around the 107.50 level for me yeah pretty much i've got a, a 200 day moving average kind of just coming in there around 107.80 so we expect yeah, a bit yeah. a bit of catching around there that 107.50 as you say and you know something by the time we get there jonathan dixie might even be all the way up at sort of 104 you know maybe even okay. close to that 104.50 and then that's when you have to sort of start to think well is the turn, yeah. <laughs> is, is, the, is the turn going to start to come but there's yeah. no point talking about that now in this uh, podcast i think that'll be a few weeks away yet and as i say who knows what's going to be said on thursday at the jackson hole um everything could reverse or everything everything could just accelerate even harder yeah, agreed. And uh, look, I'll be honest with you. Just, let's quickly move on to some European indices. Now, I was well, I was on early this morning, but I've been uh, away from the desk for a little while. But we had a pretty good start this morning, but it seems to have sold off since. Is there any reason behind that? I mean, the, the reason is pretty much just the bias. You know, what we've seen this morning coming out was German PPI uh, came out less than expected, you know, less expected. So basically what that means is that, you know, um, purchasing managers in the PPI index is cooling a lot more so prices are coming down faster in the sort of uh in the corporate world and for the manufacturing and services sector but the market isn't buying into it the market still knows that inflation is there because one of the things i'll share maybe in the app jonathan is if you look back in history that whenever there is deflation um 
within the PPI, it never seemed to get passed on to the CPI. So what, yeah. what that means is that uh, anytime that businesses are actually get buying in goods for less, they never pass that saving on to the customers. They always just hold prices stable and maybe even increase prices ever so much just to actually make even more of a profit. And that's just basic economics. And that's just what happens. So the market obviously bought into this morning off the back of, you know, which in quotation marks was good news. And then pretty much just buying back into the sentiment because if we look there at European equities like the DAX, it's been selling off heavily from you know the end of July there from from we broke up to above that sixteen four hundred, and I think it's just going to continue that way. So I think it's just sentiment driven. Yeah, agreed, agreed, absolutely. I was going to say say the same. Um, when it, come, when it comes down to the U.S. equities, I mean, uh, again, you know, we, we're seeing we've we've seen a bit of a fight back, but I think it's going to be short lived as well, personally. Yeah, I mean, looking at that move sort of on the S&P, it's just the chart I'm looking at. We've seen that rally all the way up to 4,600. And now we're seeing a very, very steep pullback, Jonathan. And, you know, in my memory, uh, the last time we see a pullback kind of this steep was really around uh, February, March of, of this year. You know, we kind of seen it coming from 4,200 all the way down to 3,800. So it was kind of nearly a 400 point move there. So let's just take a rough calculation again. 4,600 minus 400 points is going to bring us down to around 4,200. So yeah. You know, that's probably the level that we're we're kind of looking at now with the S and P. If we come down to that forty two hundred, it might be a good level to buy uh, the dip. It also might be a good a good level just to wait for a while. But certainly, I think it'll um, provide some support, especially in the near term. Anyway, I mean, again, from the from the charts, I still think there's plenty of support there around the you know forty three level as well. But I guess I suppose let's let's wait and see again for later in the week um, when when we get that data out. But um, Let's move on to, sorry, buddy, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yep. No, no, fire away. No, I was just, I was just going to say, you know, we have um, CPI as well and PCE coming out, you know, in the following weeks. And then we obviously have FOMC in the 19th of September, you know, so I was just thinking four weeks away for price just to sit between 4,376 and 4,300 to me just seems too little of a move. And I would expect maybe a rundown to 42, but I mean, as we say, let's see what happens. Yeah, agreed. Um, Again, stocks is the same scenario, right? Um, I think really the biggest winner is NVIDIA. Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, they've been rallying uh, today up over nearly 5%, but yet still, um, you know, still seeing that strong sell-off from, you know, 480 down to 400, you know, um, which obviously was quite a, quite a strong sell-off. I don't know if they're going to be able to get back above 480. I mean, the rest of the market is struggling at the minute. You know, I'm just looking here, the tech sector, including NVIDIA, Dell, Meta, Microsoft, all up today. Um, not by much by some of them, but they're still up. Um, yeah. but I I still think we're in that bit of a a bit of a bear trap scenario at the minute. So it, yeah. I would be I would be approaching them with caution. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, we have a quick look at oil and maybe gold as well. Um, oil again. What's your take? I mean, look. I mean, we know that. I mean, I think the Saudi shipments have dropped from around thirty percent. Um, versus previous month, and you know, again. That's going to be the deciding factor, really, right? Yeah, I think that's something we have to look at going forward as well. That you know, Russian and Saudi um, productions are still decreasing. They've obviously announced it through September and October. You know, so if we start to see that production cut going even further, then we could see oil uh, pushing up. But obviously, a lot of this um, downward move we're seeing in the last few days from the eighty-four dollars a barrel and WTI down to around that sort of seventy-eight. That's really based all off uh, the Chinese data that's coming out quite lately. Yep. You know, China's the second biggest consumer of oil in the world. So mm-hmm. if you start to see them shutting down, then we're going to see that decline in oil there too. But I mean, 
you know, just looking at it on a technical basis, Jonathan, we've seen that strong run on oil from this um from the end of June all the way down at 67. And it literally went at a 45 degree angle, maybe even steeper, all the way up to 84. So you're yeah. you, ha- you have to expect a pullback there somewhere. You know, there has yeah. there has to be something. Um obviously seasonality factors as well. You know, we're going to be coming into winter soon. Uh, so we could even expect that to move up higher as well. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. We, yeah. I mean, we've been calling that for some time now. Yeah. Um gold. Yeah, I mean gold. Um, I feel like I'm a I'm old record. I'm just going to hit the play yeah. button of, of, of yeah, what yeah. I say every week. <laughs> still, still moving lower. Um, yeah, you know, I've been I've been bearish in gold really for a long time now. Uh, the yeah. remainder of this year, especially when we've seen it breaking up to around that two thousand and eighty dollars uh, an ounce. That's when it was extremely bearish on it. Um, yeah. we we seen it bounce there sort of uh, around July time at nineteen hundred a few times. Ran all the way up to nearly two thousand, and now we're coming back down below nineteen hundred again. And this is the first time, really, since um, March, where we we're below nineteen hundred for a solid period of time. So again, I still um, have a short position on from nineteen hundred, and looking to run that down to around eighteen sixty. I mean, gold just doesn't have the same correlation it did with the dollars before. I mean, what do you think has killed that? Um, I think. I think it does have somewhat of, of of a correlation. I mean, you know, we're we're starting to see a strong dollar and a and a weak gold now. But you know, gold used to be well, a lot of people consider it the inflation hedge and and, and yeah. things like that. And I think yeah. really what's happening now, Jonathan, is I think markets are starting to get smart and 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 people want those outsized returns. And I think people have started to realize that gold actually doesn't yield anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I was actually talking to a guy one time that you know worked for a broker in London, and he said that you know. The people who actually trade gold the most, there's two types of people who trade gold the most. And the first is actually like sovereign funds and, and you know, countries and, and, and people like that who actually stash yeah. gold, you know, away for a long period of time. The other second uh, consumer is actually retail traders. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what interest do they have in buying gold? You know, they don't care about <laughs> buying gold. So obviously they're just speculating on it. And, you know, I'm not calling out any retail traders here, but usually they're wrong, you know. A lot of them can be wrong. So if they're if they're wrong on it, and sovereign wealth funds are, are right on it, and they're buying a huge amount, sometimes that can just cause a bit of a non correlation. And I mean, you know, a bit any you know statistician will, will tell you that a, a perfect correlation is nearly impossible to find. You know, that's that's yeah, that, sure. that's one thing. It's it's nearly impossible to find a correlation of of not point six is is considered very strong. You know, even not point seven is considered very very strong. And I think gold probably sits around that not point five. So. I think it's there, but as I say, um, a lot it's, of it's it definitely just... less than what it was before. Anyway, that's for sure. I mean, it's noticeable how, how much less it is now, yeah, and it's... that that's this. I think that's investors changing and looking at other tangible assets. You know, that kind of way. I think that's that's and like you say, you're just not getting the value by sitting and holding on gold. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You're not getting the value, and you know whether you love it or here, crypto is another thing now. People are investing yeah, in the future. Yeah, exactly. E- ETF yeah. fund, ETF funds as well are also there. You know, they're they're obviously um, able to be linked up to your ISA account and, you know, they're tax-free, £20,000 a year, that's tax-free. So people have got a lot of different ways of investing now. And I mean, it's just one of those things. And uh, I was actually listening to a podcast um, by a famous financier. He actually runs a hedge fund called Palomar. Uh, and he was saying that commodities are usually a very hot and cold subject. Uh, Jonathan, they're usually running very hot where a lot of people are in them or usually they're running very cold and there's nobody in them. And I feel like that's the case now with gold is, and, you know, especially with oil, we're not seeing the same um, market participants, let's say. 
I, I just think that break below 1900 now has really opened the door personally. And obviously, it was trading within that range for for quite some time now. But now we've got that break. I just think that you know I have some I have some levels marked out, but it's somewhere around 1800 um, is, is you know is is where I'm potentially yeah. looking at. Yeah, and you know, just one final thing to say about gold as well is that you know, if you, if we take a look at the fixed income space, you know, and ask yourself the question, what would you rather do right now? Let's say you had a hundred thousand pound, would you rather dump it in gold or would you rather buy a ten-year treasury in the US and and yield over four percent? Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, well, what is ten-year in the US yielding at the minute? Four point three four percent. I mean, yeah. I think you would very much rather that. Yeah, exactly. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. So yeah, take it, take it, take it how you like it, but that's just the way it is. Awesome. Well, look, next next podcast, um, next Monday's podcast, our market review. I think it'll be a bit more interesting now after after some of the movements now later in the week. Um, but certainly, guys, if you are trading, um, especially in these indices and so on, just make sure that you are watching out for volatility, being careful yeah. where you're putting your stop losses and so on, because certainly feel there's going to be it's going to be pretty uh, pretty strong moves uh, later in the week. Yep, definitely, hundred percent. Perfect, yeah, John. Awesome. Thanks very much. Rory, thanks. Thanks for taking it again. We'll no catch worries. you again. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. See you soon. Bye, mate.